Let's roll. This is it. Episode 220 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. As always, I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this. I rarely record on Fridays. Uh, which means I had all week to uh, anxiously uh, look forward to this meeting <laughs> with my guest, who hasn't been with me on this stage for three years. Wow. Three years, Dana Gould. Th- okay, so? Now, you've been here since then, but we didn't get together and do a show. Right, and we did it, if it was three years ago, that was November, I believe that was in November of 2013? Yes, sir. Or- 12. 13 was the last time we did this. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was, you were, uh, I listened back to it. You were talking about that, uh, like now, which we'll talk about, you have a show coming up soon on television. Right. Back then you had one as well. It was, you were showing pictures on your phone. Oh, was that, what was, was that it, Mob City? Yes. Or? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Mob City was that rarity of rarities. It was a show that no one watched. They couldn't <laughs> find anyone. It was a brilliant show. It was created by Frank Darabont, yeah. who wrote The Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption and uh, created The Walking Dead. It was a pretty popular show. And, I've heard uh, of it. Heard yeah, of it. and uh, for whatever, it was just one of those things. It just was out of step with the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It didn't do that well. But uh, I'm very excited about my new show. Uh, Stan Against Evil, which premieres November 2nd on IFC. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, Well, I want to talk more about that. First, today's Friday. You did a show last night? Yep. How was it? It was great. Uh, I'm getting ready to do my next hour special. Okay. Uh, I'll probably record that in January or February. And what I had to do... I was doing my show. Uh, I was filming Stan all summer in Atlanta. And uh, so I didn't perform for, I took a good solid two months off. Oh, really? Which for me is a lot. Yeah. Uh, And just nothing for two months because I was working 20 hours a day. And uh, and the, the one thing that I had to do when I got back was I took my current set list and then I listened to my last special. And I had to take the few surviving bits that were still in my last special and I had to pull them out. Okay. Which they're they're still in there for a reason. You know, they're like strong, heavy duty linchpin bits. Sure. And um you have to pull them out, which makes performing a lot more exciting because I'm right it was only a couple bits. It was only like maybe seven minutes. Uh, but you're writing, you know, writing more, and you're rearranging. You sort of throw up the deck of cards, and it comes down in a different order. And so that was really exciting to kind of move everything around, okay, and uh, and get it in a good shape. And um, that's what. Uh, so that's what I was. Uh, that's what I'm doing now. Okay. Um, and it's very exciting to kind of smash your set list and put it back together. How much and, uh, do you uh, between now and when you think you're going to record? How many are you going to be working a lot? Yeah, I well, I again, I'm the show premiere, so I have a lot of publicity. I'm a parent, so I don't go on. I don't live on the road, um, right. but I'll yeah, I'll be doing stuff in November, December. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, and then in January, February, I'll go out a lot just prior to the taping. I think I have the material I need. I just need to kind of whittle it, sure, and hone it. Do you have a place pick to record? No, I'm doing all that now. No, doing all that now, and it's fun. I mean, that's a really. I, I'm still. 
of that generation where like you know your special is a big deal. Um, yeah, you know it's like it I should gr- be, shouldn't it? Yeah, like I I don't know how many people think well, just knock it off, but like when I was growing up, it was like George Carlin would have a special, it was a big deal. Yeah, um, and uh, and it's sort of a record of your material. Yeah, I'm you know? amazed, not amazed, impressed by how many different places now in 2016 hosts spe- uh, specials, comedy yeah. specials. Yeah, I mean between all the you know on demand is. From your phone to your TV with the different platforms? Yeah, net, uh, Netflix. I usually do mine. I'll pro- I'm doing mine with um, uh, the same company that did the last time okay. uh, that did my special, I Know What's Wrong, uh, which I think is my best one. Nice. And um, Except till this one. And then, uh, and then um, they, it usually airs on Showtime and then is available for streaming and stuff. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I want to uh, talk about, let's talk about Stand Against Evil. Mm-hmm. It's your Stan. Stand. Did, did I see Stand? Did I slip a D in there? It's either I Stand it's Against stand. Evil, Stand versus Evil, Ash versus Stan. People, uh, yeah, it's called Stand Against Evil. and It's, it's your baby, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is. It's my show, and uh, I created it and exec produced it, and I'm in it and wrote it, and I'm in it, but I'm not the star. Yeah. Um, it was, I've been a lifelong horror movie fan. That's mm-hmm. been like, that's my sports. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> I like that. That's your yeah. sports. Yeah. That's my sports. I don't really, my, this, my girlfriend and I make fun of like, I, the woman that I see that I don't know what to call her. My adult female social <laughs> companion. Girl, she's not a girl. I, I, by the way, I listened to a seventy-five-year-old woman. I listened to a recent episode of your podcast, and I heard this uh, that yeah. same, uh, girlfriend. Yeah, I don't girlfriend? know what I don't know what to call her. But, yeah, right. But I found the one person in the world who cares as little about sports as I do, and uh, and yeah, we frequently just go go sports <laughs> every time we walk into a bar. Right. I would like one alcohol, please. <laughs> go sports. Human sports, <laughs> many points scored in the sports game, and I, you know, I don't begrudge people who love sports. I just, I can't, I can't find the interest in it. Right. Um, uh, but I've always loved horror movies. I've always loved all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but I can't do it straight out. You know, it's always got to be there's got to be a humor angle to it. Um, and I was looking for something to do a couple of years ago, just as a digital thing after Mob City. Um, I just wanted to do like a digital platform five. Like I thought it'd be great for adult swim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and the, the premise was what if my dad was Buffy, the vampire slayer? (laughs) What if my dad, who is like a big sports guy and it's just, I've described my dad before as Archie bunker without the elegance and sophistication, (laughs) uh, you know, like a bigoted, sexist disgruntled curmudgeonly old guy Mm -hmm. um, had to fight monsters but didn't care about it like was not impressed like Mm -hmm. nothing this guy's at the point in his life nothing faces him he couldn't care less yeah Um, I thought that was a funny idea and I thought I'll do like a little five minute digital thing I'll make it and I'll play my dad in makeup and I'm really good friends with Greg Nicotero and who does The Walking Dead and okay. create this, does all the zombies for Walking Dead and is directs and exec produces the show and uh, you know I have access to amazing Academy Award winning makeup nice. so I'll do that yeah I'll use my friends uh-huh. and um, I was doing that and I was quite literally in the middle of 
putting that together and I had lunch with Peter Aronson, who's a really good friend of mine, an old buddy of mine who happens to now run IFC. He's the head of programming in the West Coast. And we were just having lunch. It wasn't a business lunch at all. It was just hanging out. Sure. And he said, uh, you should write a funny X-Files. You'd be good at that. And I was like, I just did. Uh, And he's like, what? And I told him about it. And he goes, well, we're kind of looking for something like that. So if you can make it not a five-minute show, if you can really flesh it out and make it a real show, we'd be really interested in hearing it. So I had to go back and do it because there's a big difference between a five-minute show and a half-hour show. I imagine. One is a sketch and one is a show. Yeah. And, you know, you had to, again, you have to smash it and throw away all the stuff that you like. Sure. And, um, and I, re-di- it, it's in, I redid it. And I said, like, I think this is the show. And what I didn't know was I had basically created the show Sleepy Hollow, which I've never seen. Oh, <laughs> but no, they're like, either. they're like, well, this show's on TV. I was like, oh, all right, give it back to me. No, <laughs> and I went back, we did it again, oh, wow. and then uh, and then they were like, no, this is great. We've never seen this before. And parallel uh, thinking. And that, yeah, it was just you know, it kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certain tropes like a, a town in New England. I wanted it to be a town with a bad history that had an effect on today. Sure. Um, and uh, and then, uh, you know, then the way IFC does it, they don't do a pilot and then give the go ahead for the show. They have a different model. Uh, and it was like, we like this. This works. Write a pilot script now. And I wrote the pilot script. And then they were like, OK, now write the season. Write seven more. And then we'll see if we want to make it. They figure they'll they save. It costs less money to get the whole season. And they have a clearer sense of what the show will be than if I make one. Oh, wow. And Do you like it that way? I, yes, I love it that way, and they're right. You know, um, it's, so, it's so much cheaper, and you have a sense of the whole show. Other times you spend a boatload of money on a pilot, but there's no episode three. You, you know, it's like sure. you have to know if there's a series here. And I did that, and they picked it up, which astounded me. I was in, it was last January... I was in Toronto. Um, I had just uh, ended a bit. I I just tie these things together. Um, uh, After my marriage, after my marriage ended, I was in a immediately went into a three year relationship. Um, And that had just ended. And I was up in Toronto during the winter. (laughs) <laughs> single for the first time in 21 years because uh-huh. and so it was really grim yeah. uh and and they said no we picked it up but you can't play the lead we want a name and i was like okay <laughs> i was like no problem yeah uh, but you had always written it with yourself yeah, yeah. my i figured i played in makeup because he's an older guy and he's mm-hmm. in his mid-60s sure and i was like i could hear me when i was 25 going Fuck you. <laughs> and hear me now going, absolutely no problem whatsoever. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And they were right. It yeah. was, they were absolutely right. Um, and uh, we cast John McGinley from Scrubs, who's brilliant, uh, who's a real, real actor. <laughs> and, uh, intense. <laughs> yes. Is that a good word to describe him? Yep. Intense? Yeah. I yeah. know John very well. Uh-huh. He's an intense dude. We yeah. get on great. It's, it, it's literally just like hanging out with my brother. Okay. He's just like my brother. He looks like my brother. He is the same guy. Wow. It's sp- spooky. Um, so we get on, like, uh, great. 
Uh, I love Johnny. And, uh, and so that was easy. And he's amazing in the role. And made the role more than what I had written, which is what you hope for. Yeah. And it was really the first time, like, working in animation, working on The Simpsons, where you really have so much control over the character. And the actors, the actor, those characters are those voices, but because the animators control the physicality and you do the writing, it's much more of a collaboration between the writer and the actor. Mm-hmm. This was the first time the role was written, and I had to give it to John and go, okay, go create something new and he did and it was amazing and it was more than i wrote uh and he really brought that character to life and um you know the way a shorthand i wrote my dad and he brought in this other character okay like quint if he had a daughter you know <laughs> retired quint with a kid and uh it's phenomenal it's, he's a much more dynamic character he's a lot more action oriented uh he's a lot uh uh, my dad's very dry. He's very out of the side of his mouth. Okay, sarcastic. And John and, and Stan is different than that. He's he's very uh, he's 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 wrong a lot, but he's loud about it. Okay. <laughs> Did you get these two to meet? Is your is your father? No, met John? he's never. No, he's no, never, no. Um, they get they get on great. Uh, but uh, my dad's in Massachusetts. He doesn't leave, and uh, but but it was amazing to watch like somebody create something and really bring it off the page, which is what a real actor does. Yeah, and uh, the co-star of the show is Janet Varney, um, who uh, is on You're the Worst and uh, is the voice as a very popular voice actress and has a yeah. big uh, podcast called JV Club and comedy fans know who she. Yeah, is. Yeah, she's yeah. Ama- yeah, she's yeah, ama- she's. I think she's going to really pop with. Between Stan and um, You're the Worst, I think she's... She's also guested on some riff tracks, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, she's... she's. I wrote it for Janet. Like, oh, awesome. Like, I wrote Stan for me. I wrote Evie, the co-star, for Janet. Uh, and because of, you know, uh, the nature of show business, Janet had to audition to oh. come in and play Janet. Um, and was the first one to audition. And then we auditioned a dozen other people. And nobody got near her. She and you were just, part of that? You get to you yeah. get to do the judging of the uh, audition. Well, no, I wanted Janet, and I was very vocal about it. But yeah. I, you know, it's not my money. Um, and they're doing their due diligence. Great, Janet's great. Let's see if there's somebody else out there that's better. Yeah. And um, they were right about me not playing the lead. I had to give them the benefit of the doubt. And uh, but Janet just nailed it, uh, nailed it to the wall, and nobody came close. And uh, because I wrote it for her, you know, it was, like, it was her, mm-hmm. and she's fantastic in it. And I think that she's going to really. Um, I, hopefully this will raise her uh, uh, image with people sure. outside of comedy world. I saw that you did uh, Comic Con in New York. Yeah, New York Comic Con. Yeah, we just did that. What was what's the Comic Con experience like? Did well, you gone to one any of those before? Yeah, anywhere? I'm a big nerd. I mean, as I like, if I wasn't there, I, yeah, I mean, I know I, that about you. Yeah. so I'm wondering if you you have. Huh? Well, if I, yeah, but it was like if I wasn't at Comic Con with the show, I, if I was in New York, I would have been there. I right. You know, okay. I'd have been at the dealer tables. You know, I love that stuff. Right. Um, what was interesting though, and this was like a, 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 Janet and I were walking to the, to, we had a, a preview of the first episode and a Q and a with Janet, me and John and Janet and I were walking in going, I hope there's somebody here. What if there's no one here? Yeah. And then we walked up and the door, we saw in the door, 
like five, you know, a chunk of seats Mm -hmm. that were full. And we were like, it was basically full. We're like, oh, thank God. And then we walked in and saw that that was one eighth of the room and that the rest of it was full. Awesome. It was literally like out of a movie. Like, we were like, oh my God, we have 100 people. <laughs> I was like, no, you have 1,000 people. And, uh, and that was amazing. Like, I just had never experienced that before. And we're doing a premiere in LA at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is where they have, it's only in LA. Um, they have this program called Cinespia, where they show movies in the cemetery on the side of this giant building that houses, it's a mausoleum and houses a lot of ashes. Um, but it has a giant screen. It's like a giant white concrete wall and they show movies about it. And there's a lawn that seats 4,000 people. It's the new drive-in. It's the new drive-in. That's amazing. It's the sit-in. Yeah, the sit-in. And you're surrounded by dead people. Um, and some of, I've actually, have, i Laid to rest a good friend in that cemetery. <laughs> That's a little eerie, Dana. <laughs> well, she would have appreciated it. Uh, I don't know if you've if you've ever seen Plan Nine from Outer Space or the movie Ed Wood. Oh, of course I have. Uh, because of was, the Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, it was, well, it was Vampira. I was very good. I was very close with her, and oh, wow. when she passed away, I had her. I put her to rest in the Hollywood Forever. Okay, uh, she deserved it, and. Um, no, that, that sounded in a bad way. Like, no, she deserved. Which part did she, deserve? she deserved to be in there with those other stars. Um, her name was Myla Nurmi. Okay, she was a good friend of mine. And uh, but long story longer, the show in LA is like they might have to close off. Ours, it's free, but like we're close to four hundred thousand people. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been associated with anything like this before, and I, I'm really happy about it. Yeah, you know. Had you worked with IFC before? No, no. Um, I've never done comedy bang bang. Um, you won't now. No, they could have asked. Um, <laughs> no, they're done now. I know. Yeah, yeah. I saying, they, they had a long time to ask. <laughs> okay, I guess. Um, I'm around. Um, I like people. Uh, and then. Uh, um, no, I, I'd never done it. Uh, but I, you know, Pete's a really good friend of mine. I've known Pete for a long, long time. Pete was a writer, you know, that's, I love it when Pete's truly creative and, and really funny as a guy. So it was, uh, I really have enjoyed, I, I don't have an, I don't have a gripe. I don't have a bitch, you know, that's good. The one thing about it that people would think was a kick in the nuts was when they said that you can't be the lead and they were completely right. It was a good call. Is there a chance with them when this thing's a huge success that there'll be like uh, tie-in, you know, like novelty items, like an action figure? I really want action. Dana? People asked me that before. I really, really? want. Yeah, I really love for there to be an action. And I gave myself the. I have a small role in the show. It's the least glamorous role in the show. Oh. I, I'm the grave digger at the cemetery. Okay. There's a secret cemetery where the, the story is based on this fictional town in New England called Willard's Mill, and uh, in Salem in the 1600s, uh, they burned about 20 people for witchcraft. Um, that's a true story. Right. Uh, in Willard's Mill, that constable got a little overzealous, burned 172 people. Oh. Uh, but these people weren't witches, so they're pissed. And they've <laughs> put, a, put a curse on the town that every sheriff in this town dies in office, early, young, and horribly. Okay. Except for this guy, Stanley Miller, who's never died in office. 
when the show starts, uh, his wife has passed away. And what we learn over the course of the show is that his wife knew about this curse and would go out at night while he was alive. Well, she well she was alive. He would go to bed and then she would sneak out of the house and fight demons. Oh wow! To okay. keep him safe. Okay. And her sewing room, which she kept locked up, is an armory. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so now he and this new sheriff are in town. He's been replaced by Janet Varney. And uh, suddenly they're beset by demons. And they have to learn how to fight them on their own. Okay. Because she's not there to do it anymore. And uh, it's it's a, and they develop this great uh, sort of... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like, it happens one night. Um, screwball. Okay. A screwball comedy okay, relationship. Yeah. Screwball comedy where the, the the female protagonist drives the action. Uh, and they develop this really great screwball comedy relationship. It's very maternal. It's very father-daughter. Uh, f- uh, paternal. Uh, this sort of like, a, they bicker like a, you know, like a father-daughter uh, relationship. Okay. And uh, it's really great. Uh, I, I was, it became something much greater than I had written and... Uh, and then it's got, you know, it's like, so it's really funny sitcom that's trapped in a horror movie because the horror stuff is really scary. And we have really great monsters that were, that are practical and, uh, and then, practical monsters. Yeah. They're not CG. They're the guys in suits mm-hmm. and, or giant puppets. And, uh, how fun is that to be around? It's I mean, really amazing. It's well, that was my insistence, like for comedy and horror to work together. Now it gets really inside baseball. Comedy and horror are related. Laughing and screaming are cousins. They do the same thing. They, they are involuntary responses that relieve tension. Um, and for them to work, they require separate but equal suspensions of disbelief. Um, that doesn't work with comedy when the horror stuff is fake. Like You never see anything in the show that you don't absolutely believe is real. Because then you can't do comedy as well, because comedy only exists in reality. Oh, yeah. Um, A great example is Roger Ebert said about stop motion animation, which is like Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Versus CG, which is Pixar. And he said, stop motion looks fake, but it feels real. Whereas CG looks real, but it feels fake. Yeah, I've never heard that. That's it's that's brilliant. Very, yeah, it's brilliant. It really is. And and that's it has to feel real for comedy to also work. Mm-hmm. The best example is an American Werewolf in London, um, where you believe the scary stuff, and because you believe the scary stuff, the funny stuff is funny. Yeah, uh, it gets compared to uh, my show gets compared to Ass versus Evil Dead a lot. Mm-hmm. They're cousins, but it's not the same thing. One, I'm I'm not good enough to have come up with a ripoff of Ash versus Evil Dead <laughs> this quickly after it premiered. You know, the, I was writing the show before that show premiered. Now, I love Ash versus Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two is my top five movies. I love all that shit. And mm-hmm. I think the show's great. Um, but I'm not that good enough to rip it off in that little amount of time. That's a solid disclaimer. Yeah, I, I would have if I could have. But uh, but they're 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 similar but different in the way that Family Guy and The Simpsons are both animated shows about families, but they're very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing. Ash versus Evil Dead is the Three Stooges meets Friday the Thirteenth. 
Stand versus evil, stand against evil. I did it. <laughs> stand against evil I'm is to correct you, Dana. I'm yeah, sorry. stand against evil is all in the family meets the exorcist. Okay, yeah, that's good. <laughs> They're just different ways of doing the same thing. The comedy comes from a different place. The scares come from a different place. But they're both comedy horror shows, and they're both great. I saw. Did I hear that there's going to be a, a premiere or it's showing on Halloween as well? Yeah, they're showing the first two episodes. No, they're showing the pilot back to back on Halloween. Okay, uh, but I figure most of the people are going to be out. Yeah. Um, what will you be doing on Halloween? I'll be out. I have kids. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to be trick or treating, um, which I insist, like to their chagrin. Uh, my oldest, like my oldest, is like, uh, Dad, I'm not going to be uh, going trick or treat. Well, how old is she? Fourteen. She's going to be with her friends. I just heard a, co- a quick, uh, brief conversation on the radio yesterday, and someone was talking about what's the age the kids should. Not... That's the weirdest. Well, I think it changes. I think it's moved up with with Halloween becoming such a giant holiday, which it has in the past twenty, thirty years. Yeah. Um. It, it's usually like to me, it was like sixteen, fifteen. It's like your last one. And then 16, you're too old to trick or treat, but you're too young to go to a party because mm-hmm. you can't drive yet. True. You know, so no, it's, 15 is the age where you go and cause hijinks. Yeah, you do. Or as we called it, doing crimes. Doing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was, I think when I was a kid, it was earlier. I think it was like 13 was the, like the cutoff. Yeah. As I was 14 years old, 13 years old. You're like, oh, I'm a little too old for this. But, um, uh, I have a I have a seven year old, a twelve year old, and a fourteen year old. Okay. So my seven year old I'll still be trick or treating with for a good couple of years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my fourteen year old's like, Dad, I'm not going to be trick or treating with you. Like, no, I know it's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, you know, I'll be out with my daughter. I'll be uh, I'll be trick or treating with my daughter. I know. Have you ever done it with the uh, the neighborhood dads? Where they I've done this. I did this a few years ago. Where you, then the one dad had a wagon full of beer <laughs> around the neighborhood, handed out to kids. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have really. It, it's funny. I'm. I started out in Boston with a comedian named Tom Kinney. Oh yeah, uh, who's brilliant, and he lives SpongeBob. In, SpongeBob. Yeah, he's now the voice of SpongeBob, and um, he lives in this where we live. I live up in the. In the it's a, a little woodsy. There's not a lot of uh, trick or treating. It's. I live at the top of Mulholland, and it's hilly and woodsy. And okay. Uh, so we go down to where and to where Tom lives. This really beautiful, perfect neighborhood could be anywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, it's in. Uh, uh, L.A., but it could be anywhere. It's out in the, it's out in the valley, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and we always do that. And then we end up at Tom's house, and uh, it's really funny because my kids bring their friends, and then they just walk in. And they're like, "Do SpongeBob, <laughs> <laughs> right? Do Trick Monkey, yeah." Uh, and Tom's a real good sport about it. But, okay, uh, yeah, that's good. we do that every year, and it's it's like a little tradition. I, I mean, I've known Tom since I was nineteen. I wow. Guess. Um, so it's it's really fun. Do you dress up? Uh, yeah, but I don't get elaborate. I do. I go for comfort. Sure. I have a skeleton suit or a banana. <laughs> oh, okay. I just think it back. I remember. Uh, but like, now that I have a beard, I ha- I actually have a. Uh, um, Holy I, cow! Are we? Uh, I think there's just a spaceship land. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, could be an earthquake. I have a um, a, a Planet of the Apes astronaut outfit. That's a truck. Um, I know what he's not doing, making parking. Um, uh, I have an astronaut. I have one of the astronaut suits from Planet of the Apes. So I oh. not one of the originals. I have a copy of okay, it. So okay. Now that I have a beard, I might wear that. Yeah, well, that, that's good. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I was thinking the, one of the last times. They look more or less human, but I think they're mute. <laughs> 
I had a. I remember doing the rubber mask thing one sure. year. Sure. And after, you know, a half kids hour, get creepy with that, though. After a half an hour, it's so freaking sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just held it on my hand like I had a second <laughs> head. Well, remember when you were a kid, those, they had those. Ben Cooper was the name of the company. Okay. That made Halloween costumes when we were a kid with a little elastic string. Of course, yeah. But, like, let's say you'd go as the Hulk. It would be a mask of the Hulk, and then what basically amounted to an apron. Yeah, a plastic apron. Right. With a picture of the Hulk. <laughs> Not so, his, not his so, body. Right. So you weren't even going as the Hulk. No. You were going as someone that really liked yes. the Hulk. Number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Number yeah. one fan who just kind of dresses like him. Yeah. Halloween is also the time when uh, <laughs> it's, it's the first time kids get really lied to by advertising uh, with fun size candy. Mm-hmm. Like you want a candy bar and instead you get one fifth of a candy bar. Oh, yeah. Like. Uh, it's a, what's this? Uh, it's a lot smaller than mm-hmm. you wanted. That means it's more fun. How do you, how do you figure that? Well, we couldn't put shitty size on the wrapper, so we lied. <laughs> it translates to shitty. Yeah, it's but, a good life lesson. Life's going to be full of fun just like that. Yeah. When do you get a paycheck? Oh, it's fun. <laughs> it's so fun. Mislabeled fun will be the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> life is full of compromise and disappointment, and uh-huh. then you die before you want to. You're a crappy pilot, Timmy. Get off my porch. <laughs> it's trick or truth night at the Davis household. I actually, they're they're smaller than fun size now. Yeah, I bought they're... a bag of uh, candy from uh, one of these, you know, like Costco yeah, Sam's yeah. Club deal. Yeah, it was a twelve dollar this giant bag. The tiny little things. Eh? This the Kit Kat. Yeah. weren't even like well, full. It was just a kit. It was it, just a kit. It was just a kit. Yes, it was just a kit. It Better was, than KK. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, eight of these little things would make one Kit Kat bar. <laughs> I know. You're doing more opening. Yeah, I know. It's just, but there's no, and there's, you know, like, a, you know what Proustian flashback is? When you, when a memory is triggered by a taste or smell. Oh, okay. Where it's so evocative, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, or, or music will cue that for you. There's a couple of things that for Halloween, which is very near and dear to me, mm-hmm. the smell of a pillowcase full of Halloween candy, just like that. Oh, oh, it's just so overwhelmingly, uh, evocative of that. And, uh, the, the music from it's the great pumpkin. Yeah, is really like which by the way right that the the uh, poster I guess you could say the yeah. promo thing you did yeah for, for the, the we could for Acme, Acme yeah with Charlie Brown and the, yeah 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 yeah, with yeah Charlie and the pumpkin patch yeah that was done by my really good friend Mark Tavares who's a brilliant uh, uh, graphic designer who actually did, was in the original team that designed the Walking Dead walkers oh wow um, and now he's a, he's a graphic artist and he does he's brilliant. Um, he the 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 artist that it's in the style of is well he did that in a Charles Schultz style yeah but he also can do Mort Drucker who was from Mad Magazine like he he's oh, doing yeah, a he's name. doing a Stand Against Evil poster that looks like a Mad Magazine cover oh very cool yeah very and, cool. Um, he's really terrific yeah I'm I'm a fellow Mad Magazine nerd I'm sure Natch mm-hmm. my friend's dad wrote a lot of those old movie parodies Arnie Cogan. My friend Jay Kogan, who is a, just a buddy of mine, a writer, um, he wrote for Frasier for years, and we did a pilot together years ago. But his dad, Arnie, wrote, like, if you go back and look at, like, the Poop Side Down adventure, uh-huh. the Poseidon adventure parody, yeah. written by Arnie. I and he was also a writer on Cal Burnett. 
There's still, you know, there are things from pop culture, movies and stuff that come up. And I immediately go to, my head goes to where the, the parody title. Janet, Var- Janet Varney uh, like knows all of those things too, by the way. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. She can just whip up. I remember the, uh, the, I remember on the, the planet that went ape. Oh, was, it, was that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was uh, Charlton Heston going, I demand to be tried by a jury of my peers. And he goes, and the gorilla said, "Where are we going to find twelve blonde millionaire actors who speak in a monotone?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty good joke. I love, I love that. Hey, I, uh, boy, we don't. Okay, we only have like about five more minutes. Oh, here, okay. So, um, I want to uh, let's. See, oh yeah, I gotta go do. Uh, you got another show to do. Here. Yep. I gotta keep slinging that hash. That's right. Yeah. As, uh, You're the, not done. No, no, no. No, a full day of this crap. That was the the late great Robin Williams when uh, in his last tour. Um, he said that hey, I gotta keep slinging that hash. <laughs> when I was doing my uh, my thorough research for talk before talking to you today, I ah. found the uh, Rolling Stone, the thing you wrote that was printed in Rolling oh, Stone, yeah. 2014 yeah. about Robin Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, imp- that was 14. 2014. God. That was really wow. well written. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he was great. Uh, Robin was a really good friend of mine. Uh, I miss him, and he was a super terrific person. That was really well written. Oh, I, uh, my wife was going through a thing. I want to bring this up quickly. Where uh, before bed she was going, she was watching every Roseanne episode. Oh, oh, oh! On, <laughs> on Netflix. Yeah. Which, strangely, they it's called the Roseanne Collection. Yeah. Where they don't put them in order. Oh, they, they just, just sort scramble of them up. Scramble them up. Yeah, I was in. That was like the third to last episode. Yeah, and in. all of a sudden I look and up. It and really like, went, Is that fucking Dana Gould. Yeah, it was really crazy. I played basically like a Kennedy. You did? Did uh, you just do one? Episode? Yeah, I just did one. But I, I just opened for Roseanne two weeks ago in really uh, in Toronto. Uh, at the Just for Last Festival. Yeah, she's a good friend of mine. She's sweet. Um, do you remember the title of that episode? No, I don't remember. Do you? I'm sure you have it. I do have it. It was called, uh, uh, where was it? The Hoy, Hoy Poloi? Oh, the Hoy, Hoy Poloi meets Hoity Toity. Yeah, that's that's about right. That was when Roseanne in the last season when they won the lottery. Yeah. And I think the episode after that, she got in a fight on top of a train. Okay. <laughs> the show. It was after John Goodman had left the show. Yeah. <laughs> the thing was really bananas. Uh-huh. But I had fun. <laughs> I had a good time. When you read, I, uh, I started... Seinfeld is the thing that I get recognized for the most. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. What was the character's name again? Fragile Frankie Merman. Yeah. I got that last week in Whole Foods. I was in Whole Foods in Santa Monica, California. You know, and it was just like, Fragile Frankie Merman? I go, yeah, yeah, you do it. <laughs> I get recognized in the ocean. I was in Hawaii in the ocean, swimming with my wife. And some guy swam by me, and he went, if that van's rocking, don't come knocking. I had no idea what he was talking about. And I turned around, and she goes, I don't know. And we're like, that's where there used to be crazy people on the streets. Now they swim past you in the ocean. And then like an hour <laughs> later, my wife went, oh, that was from Seinfeld. And I went, oh, my God, you're right. That's wow. crazy. He recognized me wet. Good that's, eye. That damn good eye. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, they've you know, when these people recognize you, they'd probably seen it recently. <laughs> yeah, because it airs all the time. Mm-hmm. I still get those checks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have another thing. Uh, we're out of time. You were on, uh, you returned to The Simpsons. I did. I was on last week. Yeah, I was really proud of that. Um, I, re- I returned to two of my roots, being from Boston, and yeah. I went back to The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. They never let you get too far afield. I've, I've done a couple of voices for them. I always go back. And, okay. Yeah, um, I do. If Don Knotts is ever on the show, it's yes. me. Yes. And uh, I'm, uh, yeah, we did those, uh, that towny thing. Uh, 
which was really funny. The town. The, yeah, the town. It was when they go back to Boston. A lot of really funny inside Boston jokes. Yeah. And that's the beauty of The Simpsons And that. I stole a lot of that in Stand Against Evil, where it's jokes that you don't know you're seeing a joke. Okay. If you don't get it. Uh-huh. But if you do get it, it's great. Yeah. Like I do, they're called radio jokes. There's a lot of stuff. Like I'll give you a, like a good example. Stan Against Evil, there's an episode where we start the show and Stan is just driving around in this car listening to sports talk. And you might not pay attention. But if you listen to the talk radio, what's going on? He goes, uh, so did you see that game this weekend? Uh, no, I didn't. What happened? Brenda moved out. Do <laughs> <laughs> you need to talk? No, I'm okay. Let's just talk about sports. <laughs> and, and But if you're not listening, it just goes right past you. But oh, if you're listening, yeah, there's a depth to stuff in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, there's, uh, there's always like something funny on the refrigerator door or something like that. Love that. Yeah. There'll be an uh, episode companion that comes out in a year or two, yeah, then, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, boy, we better, we better wrap it up here, right? Yeah, I guess. probably. Um, let's see. I'm going over my notes. Is there anything else I really... So many really notes. Need? I didn't know I was that interesting. I'm, I over-prepare. That's just what I do. Hey, you and Kevin Pollack. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he brings up the, like, God, I forgot all about that. When I uh, have a brother. I, yeah. <laughs> when I had a buddy step over the other day, and he, I mentioned that you were gonna, I was going to talk to you this week. He's moving to, he just moved to Oregon, actually, oh, the very next morning. Is there, is Springfield? The Springfield, Oregon, I think is where Matt Groening is from. Okay. So I might a, be wrong. Oh, okay. But I think he's from there. He was my buddy was trying to tell me that that is the Springfield and there's another town. Well, there's a couple Springfields. There's Springfield. I think there's a Springfield in every state. <clears throat> but there's um, Matt. I believe is from Oregon, and uh, I think it was loosely that. Yeah, and he yeah. my buddy was saying there's also like a town maybe right next door that is loosely based, like Shelbyville. Shel- yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Down, probably, yeah, probably, yeah. And I know Mike Scully is from. If not Springfield, Mass, right outside of Springfield, Mass. Oh, okay. Who's ran the show when I was there? Sure, sure. Best uh, guy ever. All right. I don't. Uh, are you going to go see Rogue One? Are you excited to see Rogue One when it comes? I'm out? very excited to see. I'm very excited to see Rogue One. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. And uh, the Star next Star Wars movie for people for that one person who doesn't know what right. Rogue One is. I like that it's the old school stormtroopers. I don't like the new stormtroopers. I'm, Me neither. You know, I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible, but it's like, I, you know, and I'm an easy. Like I like, like I liked Spectre, like the last Bond movie. I hated that. Like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't like that Blofeld was his cousin or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just like everything has to be personal now. But it was. <laughs> what do you want in a James Bond movie that that movie didn't have? It's it's fine. <laughs> right. I want I want um, intricate gadgets. Yeah, it had everything. A you want. villain with a name, like a play on words. Yeah, always has a physical deformity. That every yes. Bond villain is a physical right. deformity. Yeah. Uh, name that's a play on words. A couple good fights. Mm-hmm. It's, it's great, and uh, and hopefully a good theme song. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. I showed my adult female social companion uh, <laughs> what I thought was the best movie of the year. The year it came out, um, Mad Max. Yeah, the, um, Fury Road. Right. Like this movie's so good, it's gonna blow your brains out. And she watched like six minutes. And she's like. If testosterone made a movie, it would be this. Oh, <laughs> like she was so not into it. I was like, I'm so disappointed. I thought you'd love this. Well, that would explain my why my wife won't watch that movie with me. Yeah, Every time I go, look, well, come on, it's supposed to be really yeah. good. My girlfriend's favorite movies are The Wizard of Oz and uh, 
singing in the rain. She's a real chick. <laughs> Chicks, man. Chicks, man. Muppet Dana, movie. Uh, Loves the Muppet movie. Which one? People are really into the Muppet movie, like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's a professional puppeteer, so it's... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's int- really... It's a whole world. That is fascinating. Yeah, no, you should... Yeah, she's amazing. She And she's really into... She produced the Henson documentary that was on PBS last year. Really? But yeah, she's really into it. She's really into it. Oh, wow. I've learned more about puppets than I ever thought I'd know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that, that brings up so many. But, yeah, we're yeah. out of time. We're out of time. Um, <clears throat> thank you once again. Thank you very much. I hope uh, people come down to Acme this weekend and have not watched Stand Against Evil on November 2nd on the IFC. Damn right. Do all of that. And are you selling? Do you, do you carry along your old, uh, your latest CD? Do you I have, yeah. Everything is here. If you want, I have uh, only, I don't travel with them. I only do it in Minneapolis because my record company, Stand Up Records, is here. Sure. And Dan Schlazel, who runs the record company, brings the stuff down. Okay. I don't like to travel like Mr. Haney from Green Acres. <laughs> and I also sell the posters, the Charles Schultz posters. Like, I do this weird thing. They're in the back room if you oh. want. Um, just take one. Um, Thank you. I do this new thing. Like, my merch thing is I'll have a friend of mine do a poster for every show that I do. And I print them up and I sell them. I sign them because people, because of my podcast, like to come up and say hi. Yeah. And uh, I sell them for 10 bucks. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up, and I All want right. if you could sign me one of those posts. Yeah, sure, we'll do that right now. All right, thank you. My pleasure.